Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, John Hummiston. As always, we're sitting down at the table with uh, Pastor Nick. I just want to start calling you Pastor. <laughs> like, just forget Nick. Like, we're sitting down with Pastor. Okay. I've heard some, like, I've heard, I have a friend what? who's in ministry, and that's how they address, like, and not out of, like, a, a slap in the face, like, an it, honest, like, yeah. hey, hey, it's like, uh, in staff meetings and stuff, it's always, hey, Pastor, so how are you? I don't, it, mm -hmm. it's almost like it's his name, and I'm like, that's weird. And the more I think about it, I'm like, yeah, no, that's kind of, no, I kind of no, like that. Uh, It'd be fun. Hi, I'm Nick. <laughs> Nick is. We're sitting down with Pastor. Oh <laughs> You're just going to always So what add. separates me from you? We're both pastors. Technically, there yes. There we go. Okay. That'd be breakdown season three. So yours, <laughs> your title has lead in front of it. Mine has creative. You preach every Sunday. Yeah. I basically do Those are descriptive colors. words. Those aren't. Those aren't noun words. Like pastor is a is a person. Anyways, today, <laughs> <laughs> so we're the same. Oh, here we so go. So you could call me pastor if you want to. I don't care. No, you would hate that. You'd be I like, I'm I, not the pastor. You're yeah. the pastor. How many times do I hear clear. that? Oh man. Now, when you say it in Panera across the whole restaurant, the or whatever, and everybody's like. Yeah, they turn and look like a deer oh, in man. headlights. Like, did he just see me cuss? What did he see me <laughs> do? He Am I? Is Jesus did coming back right now? I'd be like, yes, right now. All of the above. Yeah. Uh, oh, the man. podcast brought to you by Panera Coffee because we are addicts. <laughs> we, <laughs> Part of the sip we have flow. a problem and we know it and we, we don't know care. It? Yeah. We don't, like, like people are pointing it out. Like, do you guys even see this as an issue? And it's like, we see it, but it's not an issue. It's an issue if I don't have caffeine. <laughs> Trust me. You don't want me to do the breakdown. This is coffee. It's without caffeine. It anyway. So. Welcome to the breakdown. Welcome to the breakdown. Hey, if you're new, again, we I think we said it last week. This is the the fun part of the breakdown is you get to see uh, the the more normal side mm -hmm. of us, like the not Sunday morning side of us. Which this is pretty much this is it. This this is it. Completely unscripted. Like we, yeah. he even said, I, I'm I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, this. I, and so I'm like, I'm not going to tell you either. Then we I'm sat not down. I was I'm like, I'm going to throw you a curveball just because of Sunday's message. I was like, I'm going to throw you a curveball. I'm not asking you a question like I normally do, but I'm not going to give you any more because I. Oh yeah, here we go. You do your best work on your feet, like it's. <sighs> I think that's what's made the podcast fun for people is you're just like, <laughs> you're really you're really good. Where I just shut down. Like uh, if we roll reverse and you're like, hey, so what do you think? You're like, uh. Uh, so next week we'll address that you know it's I can't. almost a weakness because i wish sometimes you know all right so back up a little bit there's sometimes that i've really struggled with my personality time mm -hmm. you know like there's sometimes i struggle with your personality and, too. and i've really <laughs> sorry <laughs> that was good hook line sinker and and so when i first came we had a youth pastor here named blaze mm -hmm. loud new yorker walk into a room it didn't matter where you were at you could be walking into a so embarrassing sometimes. oh so loud like uh, walking to a restaurant he would yell across the restaurant yes. how we how doing, doing? <laughs> and everybody knew who he was and that and it was just who he was but when i was at my previous church like i was the fun yep. outgoing and so coming here i didn't want to feel like i had to like compete with that mm. and so yeah. i was able to like more step into other low key yeah yeah, yeah low key or yeah, whatever yeah. and so but there's so many times in my life that i wish um that i was a little bit more reserved <laughs> and so it, <laughs> it, and now i see that even and so the breakdown actually allows me to do that that's uh, but sometimes people want to ask a bunch of questions and have a conversation and and what has been said of me and maybe not in a negative sense but it's definitely not like a positive attribute you know, it's not it's fully a, negative. It's not fully positive. Yeah. It's right there. It's just like, yeah, you're 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 never short 
to have an answer. You always have an answer. Yeah. And it's like, sometimes, and, and so I get coached, you know, sometimes it's good to like, just think. Before and, you and say, yeah. yeah, just think, chew on it. You don't always have to like, but it's like, but like for me, my brain operates too fast. Like for me to do that would be, that would be hard for me because normally it's like, let's go, let's go. My let's brain go. doesn't necessarily operate that way, but I'm similar where it's like, I have to tell myself like, no, your job right now is to listen. Mm. Like, and we'll even like London and I will have that. It's like, do you want advice? Do you want me to listen? Yeah. Like, which do you want? Because if you don't tell me, mm-hmm. I'm just going to naturally kind of lead in that way of like, Hey, did you ever think, Yeah, you know? So when I'm in conversations, let it be even a, a mild debate, I, I've tried to implement little things to allow myself to slow down. Like, Ooh, that's a good question. Let me mm. think on it. Like kind that's of force not yourself. me telling yeah, yeah. you that that's forcing myself. Cause yeah. like in all honesty, Oh, I have an answer and I want to sling it right at and you right now. Good one. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's not more to reevaluate content. It's a lot of times to reevaluate my attitude mm, and how I'm going to throw good. this. Like, yeah. so like, Hey, that's a good question. Let me think about that. And it's like, don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk. Don't <laughs> be a jerk. <laughs> Let it out slowly, yeah, softly. Like, here we go. Yeah. And, and then even, um, front ending sometimes when it is going to be heavy, like last week, Hey, you want to mm, poke the bear? Yeah. Like, Sometimes this is going to be, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to just throw out bombs like that, but I've even said it on a Sunday, like, Hey, this is probably going to offend you and, and you're welcome. Cause it's but, easy when you don't know that to run, to be offended yeah. than it is like, Oh, he's, he's thinking about me and knowing like, this isn't a slap in the face. This yeah. isn't a personal attack. He's saying this, especially yeah. in that corporate setting. Hey, this is, you're probably not going to like this. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be hard. This is not going to mm-hmm. be fun to walk through. Because again, you know, we can have all the content in the world, but the fruit of the spirit is still valid and true mm. and absolutely needed for us. And so I can I can know and say and teach all the correct content, but if I do it from a uh, not a kind, loving, joyful, patient, gentle, yeah. self controlled heart, that's not a work of the spirit. Yeah. Then and and so I have to watch in that. And so. Speaking of poking the bear, this is the one thing I had. Oh, okay. So last week. Oh, gosh. So we did the breakdown, and then uh, wonderful Jaron here, uh, something that you might not know that he does is he'll take the breakdown, he'll take a small clip of it as like a, a teaser or a bumper, throw it out on social media, just to like, and and we get some traction and I, from I that. Try to, uh, I try to yeah, find... Yeah, walk us through your process. So the process is I try <laughs> to find kind of the hook that grabs your attention because in social media like I think you found it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so normally these little hooks will get I think a couple our, hundred views. Yeah. You know, nothing no, like that. No big deal. Do you know do you know where we're at right now? I'm about to look. Are you gonna look it up? I'm look it Last up. time I looked, it was like seventy three hundred. And here's the really cool part. Obviously it came across more people that than what called Calvary their home or even a connection to Calvary yep. or the breakdown. Um, and then we got some feedback on it. Oh, we've got, yeah. We, there, were, there were some long paragraphs. There was. There was, there was more content in certain rebuttals than we even put on that yeah. little real thing. Yep. And, and my thing is, number one, uh, I was always taught in ministry, have rhino skin, mm-hmm. have thick skin, yep. have a soft heart. Obviously, we just took a 45-second clip of a, what, an hour and a half conversation? It was like an hour and 20 minutes, yeah. I'm, I'm, 
if you do that in any context, you know, and this is no slap against our media or news or anything like that, but if you take anything 45 second out, um, it's hard to speak to the whole. And there's probably some other things that happened in that hour and a half that you didn't see in that 45 seconds. You could tell based on some of the responses, they they were responding to the reel, not the clip. Because it's like, (laughs) because you, you said the government piece and uh-huh. immediately everybody just went Tightened up. that's like and what what's funny to me is the very thing if you listen in context to the whole thing the very thing you were speaking about in two we prefaced it on the front side and then yeah. really walked it out they didn't listen so i actually yeah. went back and changed the reel like oh did you? at the bottom i went back and put like uh listen to the whole episode now and then linked it in and that's where like so sometimes you know i I am not about wanting to have some facebook instagram fight online and back and forth or whatever because i know that's going to be taken out of context and it'd be different if somebody listened to the whole thing and said hey a couple points would love to like hear your heart more on or this is where i would push back and that is always welcomed like we're not in it for 7300 people to say oh that was so good thank you and and applaud us It really is, and not to challenge other people, a lot of the breakdown as we are talking through stuff is- It's for us, guys. It's us. It's us. It's us where- You just get drug along, but it's it's formative for us. But I think it's a great thing because how many times do we have this holy man myth of Mm. church leadership where, oh, the pastor, right? Who doesn't have a first the name? Pastor. The pastor. The pastor. Who a first name. You know, his life's perfect. He has everything figured out. He never struggles with anything. And it's like, no, I'm I'm smack dab in the middle of my own sanctification. Yeah. And if anything, what I love about the breakdown is you just get a little bit of a front row seat of these are the things that stir in my own heart. Yep. Like that's why While I we're love processing. Yes, and that's why I like the intentionality of I don't know what you're going to ask. I don't know where you're going because it is a real raw. Not a rehearsed, not a wrote out like, ooh, I'm I'm yep. gonna write this paragraph. I'm Here's gonna my four stew points over to answer it. The, yeah. yeah, and it's yep. like, no, no, no. Like if we were just walking down the street and and we engaged with someone or we saw something, and this is how would we respond? Like that's what I love to see, yeah. and I think that's what the church needs more of is just real, authentic struggling. So the thing that's been hitting me recently, and I've always known this. Like it, that's the crazy thing. I'll I'll hear something. It's like I knew that. Why didn't I ever think of it this way? And it's like that's the lovely thing about our faith. So speaking of Israel, the uh, Israel means to struggle with God, mm-hmm. and this is God's chosen people, and their name, because God renamed Jacob Israel. So it's God's choice to say, "Hey, w- this." nation that I'm going to grow out of you from the Abrahamic covenant, from Abraham, Isaac to Jacob, and Jacob gets renamed Israel, that they're going to struggle with God. God's chosen people are going to struggle with him. And so we now as the church and not getting into replacement theology and Israel and the church and all that, but just saying we as the church, like, I feel like God's okay for us to struggle through a little bit of what it means to follow him and and to be marked as a an apprentice of Jesus. You know, I I appreciate that welcomeness. And so if anything, the breakdown is like, well, hey, let's uh, tune in to see where my pastor is struggling with God as he's trying to apprentice Jesus. And it's like, amen. Because then in the back of your mind, you're thinking, okay, here's a guy, let's call it what it is, right? Okay, I have the position. Whippy. Um, I, I have four ministry degrees. Whippy. None of that uh, 
insulates me away mm. from the struggle yep. of my own faith. There's not enough degrees. There's not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so a lot of times where it's like, you know, the, the questions that I struggle with aren't what the Bible says. The questions I struggle with are my response to them and how am I going to operate in that? Putting and into practice. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. where it's at. So that's what I love about the breakdown. So yeah, the, the little clip that you did last week, which I loved, um, it was, yeah, it went for, for us small potatoes in Lake of Ozark went, went viral. Like, and what's cool is we've whatever. said, like we've said, cause at the end we say, you know, the same thing, like, Hey, make sure and like subscribe if you want, like all that stuff. And when we say like, we don't want it, like we're not looking at numbers that is one of the analytics we have to look at to see yeah. if there is traction. It's not the only one like, Oh, we went viral. So yeah. what? Like, yeah. but for, for us, like looking at those things to know that we're having true, hard, authentic conversations to know there are people out there that are not connected with our church or even any church yeah. that are listening, you know, in whatever medium, you know, that we are like, for me, that was the win was watching that real pickup traction and then comparing it to the fact that, the the YouTube episode went ballistic yeah. to know that the numbers have blown through the water on the episode. I, I, I think those are tied together. Yeah. Um, it's, there are very few, but some of them did go back and listen in context to the whole thing. They heard the word of God. They heard truth. Um, and it wasn't a Sunday morning, yeah. you know, church service, you know, yeah. and so that's that's been the fun part for me is watching us struggle and process through yeah. and then hearing from other people like hey i really appreciated that yeah. like i got a text last week like someone who was is not caught up texted me and said uh, an episode from a few weeks was like that episode was fire it was so yeah. needed for me and it was like that's that's, that's cool. the win you know so even uh one of the individuals in the college life group that i lead mm -hmm. holds the, there'll be certain ones and this person will like tag them and it's like and he uses it as a resource and he sends it to people. So if somebody struggles with this or that, and it's like, Ooh, here's, that's a great topic and hearing our approach and how we are processing that. And they send it. And like, that's what I love too, is it's in a sense, because we're open and transparent about our struggles and walking through it, that brings a, at least an identification to other people like, yeah. Oh, if they're struggling with, I'm struggling like, okay, I'm kind of normal. Then. Yep. Perfect. Um, but it's also a tool of ministry. So as we equip the saints for the work of ministry, some of the greatest things that I have found are not here. Let me tell you what I think. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're struggling with this. I heard, read this. Let me send you this article. This, was this so could good. be su super yeah. helpful. Yeah. 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 And just like, and, and that sometimes can be the easiest thing to do that. It's not really that we have to have all the answers. It's, it's far more connection. Yeah. 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 You know, which uh, we know a pastor that that's, that's kind of the framework that they have on a Sunday morning when they are in the uh, the foyer because we're all French. Don't get me fired You're up so about that. So bitter about it. I am so. You bitter. are I... so bitter about it. Okay. Let it so, go. Let so it go. when they're in the the their lobby, their lobby, the area. fellowship area, you know, they're not thinking, "How am I going to answer everybody's questions or, and and answer whatever they have on their yep. heart?" But I'm trying to make connections. How can I just make touch points? And yeah, touch yep. points and connections, and that's like I love that. Because more than anything, people just want to feel they want to be seen, mm -hmm. they want to feel heard, yeah, they want to matter, yeah. And it's like now you may get to the point where because they are seen mm -hmm. and feel like they matter that they ask some of those hard questions. Yeah. But nine times out of ten, the only people that are asking those questions are people that are looking to pop off a shot, yeah. you know, yeah. just to try to get under your skin or make a point. Because you think about like if on a Sunday morning in the foyer. A, a, a stay-at-home mom of, like, young kids walks up to me. Sorry. 
if a if a if a stay at home mom or a single mom or just you know uh, working mom walks up young kids and and just feels disconnected. And if you ever have seen a mom of young kids, like that is a difficult thing, right? They don't, they necessarily don't need me to like, Hey, it's going to be okay. I've been there, which I have not as a mom, but as a dad, I've seen that firsthand in my wife. Like there is so much more ministry to connect them to another mom that's in that. And it's like, Oh, hey, uh, sometimes you just want to lock yourself in the bathroom and you just, you're normal. That's yeah, okay. Yeah, like, yes, I, sometimes I do. Like, that's right. Okay, hide. that you dream about before you had kids and, <laughs> yes. you know, how much you miss that. And, like, yeah, Knowing that, like, hey, I, I'm not going to bring the best care. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm removed from that. But where can I connect people? Or think if a, if a retired veteran walks up and has struggled with PTSD and just, you I'm know, definitely not the person. I'm not the person. But if I know another person, I'll say in the like, gap. Yes. But... Oh, you need to meet so and so. They were, you know, and it doesn't matter. Like you take a, a young vet coming out and you connect them with an old vet, whatever. Like there's, there's a connection that mm-hmm. they have because only they know what they're going through. And where for me as the the pastor who's supposed to have all the answers, and actually I found out as a pastor, I have very little answers. Amen. You know, amen. <laughs> I don't know why you're amen. I'm gonna throw. Sorry, that, that no, seems like the right place to say. Amen. But no, it's it's true though. Like where allowing other normal people that are following the Lord that are struggling with their own stuff, but to feel that fellowship and the connection of. You know, let it be a stay-at-home mom with young yep. kids. Let it be a vet coming home. Let it be somebody that's high up in the business world that feels a lot of pressure. Like, there's just that identification of like, okay, like I'm not alone. I'm yeah. not because that's I think one of the greatest tools of the enemy is to make us feel isolated. Yeah, and so you're the only one. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So that's why I like about the breakdown. That's I I thought the clip last week was just kind of humorous. We're not going to do Facebook fights. I have no business with that. But we also welcome if you don't agree with us. Yeah. I even said that Sunday. Yep. You don't agree with us? Perfectly fine. It's perfectly okay. fine. We're okay with that. We're just not going to respond. <laughs> there we go. So anyway, what you, so that there there was my curveball, you know, in print, uh, so quotations. episode twelve. So breaking today's, today's 12? episode twelve. Okay. I thought you were referencing. No, no. Last like, week was eleven. I don't have a memorized guy. Today's twelve. So you preached on Revelation four. Is this like a numerology? Like the 12 no, stop! And the don't four, even bring it up. Don't you talked seven. about that on Sunday, and I so appreciate that. Like, hey, don't make something out of nothing. We can, we can um, go down no, there. we're not doing. I that. wrote a paper on it once. I'm sure you did. <laughs> and some people, you're going to introduce them to something that's oh, going to lead them onto a rabbit, a rabbit hole. hole. Um, Just study the number forty oh, stop. in scripture. Just stop. Seriously. Make sure you have. Don't do it through Google. Don't do it through Google. Don't do it through Google. Study um, the number forty. So you preached through. Good grief. You you are on a whole nother level. Today. I am. Um, so I you preached this. through Revelation four. Yeah. Uh, we we left the seven churches last week. Goodbye we, seven. Yeah. We finished with Laodicea. Uh, we now have entered the waters of the 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 more known and crazy part of Revelation. I don't yeah. think it's gotten to that point yet. Like we will very quickly yeah. get there. I think six will be that. Six will be like the, the seven end, seals. Yeah. 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 Um, but. We're introduced to the throne room in four. Amen. John is in the throne room. Chilling like a villain. Um, and so here's where I normally open up my notes, yeah. ask the Olavio question, <laughs> and kind of sit back and go, amen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh-huh. So I thought, because I have so many thoughts about Sunday. Oh, my. Um, I have very little. So just, this is where this could be really good or really bad. Uh-oh. Because okay. I don't have a single specific 
questiony thought yeah, no, from Sunday, um, my mind is just still processing and rolling from. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay you out the like, red carpet for you to be like, hey, like, is there anything from Sunday for you? I think the thing mm-hmm. for me that was most helpful, yeah, is the way that you broke down and very strategically um, spent a good majority of the time talking about the the 24 elders. Yeah. Um, and the way, cause you had brought that up to me mm-hmm. before Sunday. Yeah. So I was already kind of like processing through there that, we go. but, um, the way you did that was incredibly helpful and challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, uh, from the few people that I talked to, <laughs> just the amount of, um, content, yeah. Weighted content that you gave them. I yeah. think there was this like this cumulative deer in the headlight look mm-hmm. coming out of Sunday where I heard a lot of people say, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch that and yeah. which I haven't even put the sermon up. So they're probably like, when is the sermon going to be Let's up? Go. So and we, we had a, uh, to, to answer that we had a staff person lose their dad. Yep. And so we were all, we all drove four hours to support our brother. So, so where you might be struggling, Hey, where's the sermon? Uh, we love you. Sometimes there's the least important thing. There's greater. It'll get put up today. Yeah. There, there was greater ministry. And so we just thank you for that grace. So if you were upset about that, there, you have some conviction from the Lord right there that you maybe you Lord told me to tell you (laughs) to, Oh wait, no, that's drawn. Um, so yeah, so the, there was an intentionality with the 24, uh, I had I had multiple people as well come up to me and say, "Yeah, I'm gonna need to go back and watch that yep. one again and listen to it." Um, and it wasn't that it was confusing, but it's so hard on a Sunday morning when, and this may not be necessarily, it's you say, PC you, to say it, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, where like a bomb kind of goes off and you're, it's just everything is left desperate. Like it wasn't one yeah. of those where you're just like. But there was this weight of, okay, I don't want to miss out on how he's still connecting things, but I'm still stuck back here Mm -hmm. trying to play catch up where it's like, okay, I need to go back and pause and go, okay, I got that. Now let's move on. Yeah. And that's, there's the struggle that I have sometimes, you know, like I, I love being a part of the Calvary Chapel movement. Um, I wish I was better at surfing and at least had cool hair. Um, but as a part of the Calvary Chapel movement, a part of our identity um, and, and who we are within philosophy of ministry is the verse by verse style, expository preaching preaching or whatever. Um, But when you get to areas like this, you know, that was one of the key things of saying we're going to allow scripture uh, to help us in other areas because, and you do this anywhere, like if you want to study the divinity of Jesus, but you only walk through the book of John, you're going to have an incomplete understanding of the divinity Mm, of Jesus. Yeah. Because you're, you need Philippians. You need some of these other areas. And and every topic is that way. I struggle because in school, uh, let it be Bible college, let it be seminary, and and not even my own, but I know others, we we study scripture technically not in that standard of our preaching verse by verse context. Mm. We study it in a systematic way. And so I took a class on eschatology Mm -hmm. and in times, and that's all we focused on. And that's where like, if we're only going to read revelation, we're going to have an incomplete and we're going to be left with a lot of gaps and like, well, what about this? And it's like, sorry guys, we're doing this, um, 
in more of a bibliology way than it is in a systematic theology yeah. way. And, and I do believe systematic theology is needed and is good. Um, and that is not preaching topically. Yeah. I, I would separate those. So you have what we do expository. You can teach in a systematic theology way, and then there is topical and, and that's a whole nother, uh, topic to, to break down one day. But for us, like there's the struggle for me because like, okay, here in chapter four, the thing I want to focus on is, is the church is already in heaven before the tribulation. Okay. And I'm going to use four as a, a key anchor point that, yeah. to, to anchor that idea. Um, because that theological stance has such implications mm -hmm. on the rest of it. And for our, again, our view of God, you know, so I kept coming back to, we're going to view this through the lens of God's character. We're going to view it through the lens of God's word. Um, and then from there, we have to come to some point of a, a decision. Yeah. Uh, okay. Here, what what is my conclusion then? Um, and it's so hard because there's so many other details there, which um, I think John writing the book of Revelation kind of acknowledged that because, as we'll see in chapter seven, chapter seven's a parenthetical chapter. Mm -hmm. You know, and so to even like, oh, yeah, it comes right after six and then and then eight, and this is how everything flows. He's going to be writing and when we get to seven. He's like, OK, by the way, there were some other things that were going on during that time. Yeah. And I want to catch you up on that. You well, know? While we were talking about this, there's yeah. this going on. Yeah. Just like if I was going to describe right now linear of what is going on in our day today at Calvary, I would say, well, yeah, me and Jerron are here in the studio and we are talking about the podcast and da 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 da. And then at some point I have to stop and go back and say, and also uh, Taylor is here and she is, working. is out there working. Yeah. And, yeah. and those things are going on simultaneously, but there's no way that I can articulate it simultaneously because that would be really weird. You know, like really I, long. It, yeah. And, and to bounce back and forth so much would cause great yeah. confusion, yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, it's a key thing as we're interpreting scripture to understand, Hey, this is parenthetical. And so we'll go back through. And so to say all of that, I wanted to focus on the 24 elders because of, um, one, the, the, the great implications that I think it has. And, and that's where we get a huge divide on our interpretation of revelation mm. and of end times. Yep. Where is the church in the tribulation? Are they going to be taken up before it starts? Are they going to be taken up in the middle of it? Are they going to be taken up after it? Or, you know, there are some that's like the rapture is a myth and it's not going to happen. And da, da, da. and and here's the key. And I, I don't know if I said this in all services because they're all different. But we have to think like a good detective. You have to account for all the evidence. Mm -hmm. So when somebody says, so let's go down the road of, the rapture is not going to happen, and that is a Christian myth. Mm -hmm. Okay, then what is Paul referencing in First Thessalonians mm. when he says the dead in Christ will rise, and those who are alive are going to be caught up in the air with the Lord? A real creepy thing. Yeah, real <laughs> creepy thing. You know, and then and then you ask, okay, so what was Jesus referencing in John fourteen when he says, "I'm going to go and prepare a place for you, and I will receive you unto myself"? Like what? If that's not the rapture, because so, you're taking that theological yeah. point off, you still have to answer for that. And that's what's hard with uh, a biblical interpretation and, and understanding. Um, and, and we're all prone to this. So like, I'm not immune to it. Yeah. I'm not, per nobody is. Um, what's hard is sometimes we will be taught a theological point first, mm. and then we will use 
uh, reason, logic, and scripture to, to defend it. it. Yep. Where instead, again, where I do like our Calvary Chapel, if we just if you just read scripture and you allowed scripture to lead and guide, you know, understanding the character of God, allow scripture to guide, where would it lead us to? Mm-hmm. And that's a different way to defend and look at things. And that's and that's the hard part with our verse by verse is like there's so many other verses that I need to bring up. There's yeah. so many other concepts that I need to bring up because of it. And and so for me, and trying to defend it, because uh, so let's say this isn't the church. Mm-hmm. I still have to answer the question then, who is it and why are they there? Yeah. And and why are they dressed in a way? Because, and again, one of the services I said, if you would remove the concept of the tribulation out, if you would remove possibly even the throne room, mm-hmm. and, and which would be hard because that's one of the defenses is there's these thrones around the throne room of God and Ephesians 2 telling us that we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places and we know where Christ is sitting right now mm-hmm. next to God. Um, and so if you would just look at their sheer description of who they are and how they speak of themselves and how they speak of the Lord, n- no one would have an issue calling these people the church. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because so many times, like, uh, where it happens, uh, I would say inappropriately, is we'll go back in the Old Testament and we'll read things and we try to read the church back into the Old Testament. The church hasn't, isn't. Yeah, yeah. And and there is a, a, a theological bend that says, oh, the church actually started with Adam and Eve and it's more covenant-based and, and that's where the church started. And it's like, okay, so... Uh, one of the evidences. So what did Jesus mean when he says, I will build? Mm-hmm. Why didn't he say, as I have been building my church throughout whatever? There's answers and questions that we need that, okay, wh- well, what's going on here? And so so to understand, you know, this is the church has great, I think, theological implications for us, uh, specifically um understanding other evidences that we gave in scripture, which are in uh, the sermon, but also looking at the character of God and, and it answer, I think the question of suffering, yeah. it answers the question of, of true tribulation and affliction. And I think one of the great things is to look at the source. So right now as the church, we are in the, in the church age and, and some people like, or don't like the word dispensation, but it just is what it, it is, is. What it is. It, you know, like we can defend that through scripture. And so we are in this church age. Um, we are absolutely attacked. Go grab a voice of the martyrs magazine and just read. You have to get to about page two. Yeah. Like <laughs> you can't get past the cover sometimes. Yeah. Like, and you might find it in the table of contents. Yeah. Like there has been times I look at the cover and it's like, I don't know if I'm in, in the right frame of mind to read this right now. Yeah. And it's like, cause this is heavy, you know, cause it's not the persecuted church. And then we, here we are in the, it's the church, it's the church, you know? And so like, if I grabbed a knife and just stabbed you right in the hand, your whole body's going to be pained yeah. because of you that. should hurt too. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody's going to be like, Oh, my hand is hurting, but nothing else. No, this is like, it's going to send pain throughout Owie. your whole body. Yeah. It was like, Oh, my hand's hurting, you know, and only my hand. No, your whole body is hurting. There. Yeah. And so what's, uh, and so when you look at the persecution of the church and you look at the suffering that we can even go through as believers and we look at the different afflictions and pain and all that, understand the source, mm-hmm. that we have a very real enemy that wants to attack us. Yeah. So the source of that is different. Now, God will permit and allow us into that pain, into that suffering. And so, you know, why did my dad get cancer? Why did I get in that car accident? Why did, you know... and 
those are actually just a few events that I'm somewhat tied to yeah. this week. You know, you, yeah. you, you've yeah, heard yeah. some of those that are going on for me. Had a former student pass away last week, and I didn't even know the impact. And his uh, the one of the pastors that's doing the service like texted me and was like, "Hey, they they just spoke so highly of you." And you're, I was like, I, I really just kind of sat there and I just felt like I I didn't do anything. Yeah, like I felt yeah, yeah. like a loser. Like I should have done more. But again, that's a whole other topic. Here's here's some insight to your pastor's heart, but. You know, why Why does God permit that? Why does God allow that? But understand the source. The source is an enemy that wants to only kill, steal, and destroy. Yeah. And that is going to have either direct effect or an overflow of other people's lives. You know, so like somebody I've been talking to, um, they were in a car accident. Well, what did I do wrong? Nothing. The drunk driver that hit you chose. And their free will you know, because that's the beautiful thing about free will. Yes, we have the freedom to love God and to do good in the world, but also to have that ability, we also have to have the ability to not do good. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you didn't do anything wrong. You were just a bystander of somebody else's free will choice yep. that wasn't good. And it's like, well, why would God allow that and permit that? Because the same way he wants you to have free will to love him, he has to extend that same free will to somebody else that might not. Mm. We can't be machines programmed because then then love would cease to be love and it would just surely be rote memory that yeah. is uh, embedded in us like a computer or whatever. And so, and so God allows it, God permits it, but we have to understand the source of that is from an enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But when we look at the seven-year tribulation, which... It will be a whole nother thing that once we get to, I think probably six, I'll have to talk about is the tribulation. Are we in it right now? Is it a seven year period or is there even a, you know, so get ready for two part, three part. Oh yeah. And so, so I hold that there is going to be a seven year tribulational period and, and, but the source of what's going to go on on the earth, the source, then it's the wrath of God. Mm -hmm. It's not the attack of the enemy. So the source is different. So why would God, attack why would he bring that upon us as the church mm -hmm. and that's what i love so as we study revelation as a whole we're going to get to the end of it and we're going to see that the church is going to be with christ returning with him at the second coming but nowhere else in revelation does it tell us how the church got there yeah now we read in four that okay the church is there and there's going to be other instances where we're going to see the church you know more when we get to like the marriage supper of the lamb and stuff like that but it's like how did they even get there that's where we have to go to other books and we can't just hold to a revelation and so i think the implications uh for me is a big thing because if god is going to if god is going to permit us to go through the tribulation and endure his wrath then again, the evidence that I have to ask the Lord then is, was Christ not enough to suffer your mm. wrath on my behalf? Which First John, so the same biblical author, is saying Christ is our propitiation. And that word means that he suffered and he fulfilled, he satisfied the wrath of God for us. Because yeah. again, what we're going to see, and this is where we have to look at God first, kind of how I ended the sermon, we got to look at the world even in our everyday life, look at through the lens of who God is first, and then we see the things that are going on. Yeah. But if we see the things that are going on, and we use that as the lens to look at God, it's always going to be in a wrong. We're yeah. going we're gonna to see a wrong view of God. As we walk through all the way up, even to that I know of of seven, um, we still see opportunity of salvation and grace 
and repentance. I mean, even for God to to seal and mark evangelist and that when John sees that, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but when John sees this great multitude, he says that no one can number. Mm. Those are those are those are the tribulation saints. Those are the people that have come to faith in Christ during the seven year period, which there's been, you know, the day of Pentecost, we numbered it. Three thousand came to the Lord that day. But nowhere else have we ever said that no one could number. Mm. Church is growing, church is doing it, but no one can number the evangelistic efforts of these people. And so we see the great tribulation as the great wrath of God, but it's the great wrath of God on those who have rejected him. But at the same time during the tribulation is going to be a great harvest Mm. of people coming to salvation in Christ. And so again, we have to understand who God is, what he's doing, so that when we start walking through the well-known more, but we always focus yeah. on the the four horsemen and the death and the destruction. It's like, but at the same time, so many people are going to be coming to the Lord through that. And we as Christians say, we want revival. We want a mass mm. uh, moment of outpouring of the Spirit and salvation. Get it. You know, one of the, ready for the greatest way that's going to happen is through the tribulation, not through the efforts of the church. So that's where, yeah, so all those theological implications are there. And that's where it, you know, revelation, as you start entering it, it just spider webs out. Yeah. And, and we have to keep uh, looking at the character of God, who he is, looking at his heart and mind, uh, the best that we can as fallen creatures that are finite, looking at the infinite. We, we have to hold fast to the word and understand and dig deep into it, not just taking a, uh, a, a shallow overlook, but really digging deep into it, um, not just in the original language, but even other uh, cross-references and supporting, and how do we take Scripture as a whole and see if we can't find uh, the path that Christ wants us yeah. to walk through this book. And what we have found is as we keep, l- kind of how I ended the sermon, if we keep Christ at the center and and his word, Revelation is a book of encouragement and comfort, mm. and it will never be a book of fear unto the believer. Now, if the non-believer is just strolling by, picks up a Bible in his hotel room, and he Read says, hey, what's this yeah. Revelation about? And he reads it, and there's a stricken with a fear that brings him to a place of repentance. Amen. Mm-hmm. But for us as a believer that are apprenticing Jesus, it's a book of encouragement. So Sunday when you did that, when you talked, yeah. like, so you talked about double jeopardy and Jesus being our propitiation. Yeah. And so, you know, when you started walking through that, and then, and we have said throughout um, our studying Revelation so far, you said it when we started, like, hey, Revelation isn't to be a book of fear. Yeah. Like, and I think in certain, I think in certain ways every week I've tried to reference that, like I even wrote in my Bible, like not a book of fear, a book of hope and encouragement. Yeah. Um, but the way that you described that and talked about it for me coming uh, out of the message was w- like we have this and i heard it a lot in bible college yeah christian worldview mm. we need to have a christian worldview or a christ-focused worldview we yeah. need to see the world as christ sees the world yeah what in the world does that mean and what does i that look like? yeah and i like there was this almost i don't want to say light bulb like i didn't know and then i knew everything like yeah. but there, there was this i'm beginning to see 
Um, so my wife and I love to hike. We love mm. to be outdoors. We love to love hike. That. And so um, when we go hiking, there's a lot of times where there's a marked trail. And, and we like to hike. Like we went to Glacier National Park. Like, yeah. But there's also times where there's enough people that have gone off the trail or there's enough ah, been animal tracks where it's like, good which way do we? So I'm good beginning analogy. to see, like, as you said, this yeah. kind of like branch out specifically referencing because for me the book of revelation has always been a book of fear mm-hmm. and condemnation and condemnation and <laughs> who's new- condemnation who, who's, who's nathan, nathan? <laughs> weird i just love that you did it because oh, normally i do it. i know it makes me feel so good oh you're good uh, condemnation yeah. and uh really a book of confusion because you yes. have these weird animals and beasts and is are are they real are they imaginary like what yeah and and then to you know when you did the line in the message, so many times we look at the world to interpret scripture, and it was like that was the moment for me. Is how many times have I done that within my own life, where I'm looking at the world, and I feel like especially in Revelation, that's what we do. Like, oh, here's all the marks. Like the stock market's falling apart. We're moving to cryptocurrency. Like here's all these marks. Like and then we we read it back into the story instead of looking at scripture, knowing that scripture. And I love the way you say this, knowing that the word of God will never something the character of god what is the will never conflict conflict with the character character of god and so when you start stacking these things and you take um, a biblical worldview knowing the word of god not focus solely on one book or one section and and you begin to spread that out instead of reading into the story the worldview we allow the story to read into the mm-hmm. world where it true like I'm beginning to see the pieces that revelation is I, I'm not ready to give up a book of confusion yet because yeah, no, I'm still good. that I don't know that I'm gonna give that one no, up. It, it, yeah. but it is um to to see and understand yeah. hey here we are in four the church is in the throne room yeah the church is there in the throne room and as we you know in the next weeks and months begin to unpack what that looks like even more, what that yeah. means for us as we begin to talk about things that are highly controversial inside the church and outside the church. It helps, for me at least, it helps bring clarity. Yeah. It helps bring under- understanding. And more than anything, it brings um, uh, a sense of peace mm. uh, as to how could God do that? How could God allow that mm-hmm. if you take this theological understanding or view then how do I like it just helps clarify so many things and not be distracted by the nonsensical you know yeah I know you unpacked a lot right there so sorry I know no 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 no, no, that's good here's the 27 things that I no 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 no, it's good (laughs) a couple things that I'm thinking through you know me who never lacks an answer right uh (laughs) see just call out my own weakness um the book of Revelation to be a book of confusion, I think, is good. Keep that. Yeah, I don't... And let me explain why. Um, the question that I didn't get to answer, because I had to answer the question of, is this the church in the throne mm-hmm. room? You know, like, it would have been... Like, if I could go this Sunday and preach and say, hey, we're going to stay in four. Last week I answered, is this the church? And I think I defended it. It was A, I, here's B. Yeah, here's, yeah. yeah, I think I defended it enough to say, yeah. I think you got something there, Pastor. You know, I'll, I'll, yeah. l- 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 give me that one. All right. So, and now part B would be, I think, the greater question, which I think brings greater confusion. Why? 
Why would God allow us to sit with him? Why would God allow us to who have even... Mm, and it, you reference that a little bit in your message. Yeah, a little you bit. You did it more personally yeah. with you, but... Yes, exactly. But to ooh, think, like, why... Think of, yes, we are saved by the grace of God, but think of all the ways that we have, even even as believers, that we've used the grace of God to attack mm. him and his character and his holiness and his command upon us. And not just like, okay, this is going to, when you have kids, everything, yep. but not in a like, oh, that was mean sort of way, but like maliciously mm-hmm. attack. And if you, as we talked about at the beginning, like for you, hey, it's easy for me to run to this answer to stop and to think, which our culture, just going to call it like it is, our culture has no understanding. That doesn't mean necessarily to cease to exist, but to say before we make a decision, before we continue, like we don't, I don't know how to not be in this continuous, you know, not, you know, always moving, always thinking, but to stop and to think in the last week, the ways that I have attacked the character of God, or I have used things to attack the character of God and who he is very maliciously for yeah. my benefit, my gain, whatever, then it it is. Why in the world would he allow us to sit in the room with him? Yeah. Why not leave us on earth to Absolutely. experience his mm-hmm. wrath? Because even though, yeah, you're saved, but it, let's, let's talk about all the times that before you were saved and everything mm-hmm. that you did. Let's talk about all the times that you walked away from your identity as a, an apprentice of Jesus. Let's talk about all, you know, it's like, and that's why I'm allowing it. And it's like, but his grace is so sufficient. And I've had to take that thought for it in my own life. And I've heard it a, a lot of times where we, we want to play the, the card against the person who mm-hmm. maybe got saved at church camp or at something, but their life isn't there isn't fruit necessarily. And so we want to run to like, Oh, look at all of my good works Mm -hmm. and good deeds. I've stayed faithful while this person hasn't, are they going to get into heaven? Is that, and it's like the person with a deathbed confession, except when you stop looking exteriorly Mm -hmm. and start looking at yourself internally, internally, that's me. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm the very person I'm pointing fingers at. Yeah, because how much of what I've done wasn't mm-hmm. the Lord asking me or leading me to do? That was what John thought was the yeah. right thing to do. And that's where the doctrine of rewards kicks in as well, because we look at okay, that person that got saved at church camp but very little fruit, or the deathbed confession, and and we compare that to somebody that was saved and then faithfully served the Lord with their life. How are we all the same? And it's like you're not. Yeah. Now salvation, yes. But because of the the little fruit or the uh, overlooked life to serve Christ, and they came to salvation late in life, but they missed multiple opportunities yeah. because they weren't saved to serve Christ with their life. And then you look at the person that has served faithfully, you're not the same. And that's where the doctrine of rewards would step in. Because again, if it's like, oh yeah, everybody gets paid the same, you know, uh, God's not socialist. Mm. You know, and so many times we want to play that because, again, we mix the idea of our salvation and our sanctification. We mixed justification and sanctification into one, and we have to keep those separate, that we all are on the same side of the master in our justification. But there is a difference between us 
in our sanctification and yeah. what we're doing for him. And speaking of like, why would God allow me? So I'm like rabbit trailing back, but why would God allow me in that? Like Isaiah had that kind yeah. of thought, you know, so in Isaiah six, he's, he's in the throne room seeing something very similar. And he says, verse five, woe is me for I am lost. I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips for my eyes have seen the King and the Lord of hosts. And that's when one of the seraphim flew over and he has this burning coal with the tongs mm-hmm. from the altar. He touched my mouth and said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin atoned for, mm-hmm. which is a type of Christ that why, why can we stand before the Lord and be that church at the throne room? Because Christ has atoned for our sin. And so we sit because we're clothed in white garments. We are Jesus. We are his righteousness. Mm-hmm. Then. And that's the, it's like, that's a way better question to be confused about. Mm. Why would God love me so much yeah. to allow me to sit with him? Where we'll see the tribulation saints are standing before the throne. But these 24 elders... Um, representing the church are sitting in the throne room in the throne room mm-hmm. you know and that's those are two different things and it's like so understand your identity as a follower of Jesus not just this side of glory which definitely has eternal implications mm-hmm. not just salvation but in our sanctification rewards and all that but also think of our identity and and where our where we are going to be yeah and like that that just drives home the love of god yeah and then what you were also saying to the effect of we allow the world to read back into the story of what we have, you know, the big theological terms you're talking about is an exegesis mm-hmm. versus eisegesis. Yep. And we, and again, so you knew that those were drilled yep. into our heads in Bible you. college and how quickly, um, we will never do it theologically. Yeah. But we do it practically so many times where it's, um, and so, yep. So eisegesis is the one that um, we were just so warned, like it was like that was the a tool of the devil. Um, and what is happening in that is that we are reading back into the story our own. We're putting in, we're adding to the story. Yeah, we're adding to the story what we think, what we believe, like we're adding back into it um, what we want to see. And so that's where it's like, okay, I. I want this and I'm going to use scripture to defend it. That's eisegesis, you know, and some people do that. There's, there are cults of Christianity. Um, I I have one wife. I want five wives. And so I'm going to use scripture to defend this theological. No, I want no wives. Yeah. And, and that's the hard part is because when you hear that, it's like, Nick, isn't that what you're doing? You're taking a theological point and you're defending it with scripture. And it's like, um, true, but where did they come to the conclusion of that theological point? Mm. Where if you go the other way, I hold to a theological point because I have allowed exegesis where I'm just going to read scripture and I'm going to walk it out. And where does it end me up at? I have to end up here because I've walked all this out. It'd be different. So so let's put it like uh, use a different analogy, uh, like a road trip. You can say, I want to go to Gulf Shores, Alabama. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can find a route to get there, but you have already set your destination. Mm-hmm. And you can find uh, the long way, the short way, you can find a hundred different routes to get to the Gulf Shores of Alabama, right? Or um, you could, I'm going to get on the road and I always want to take, and you're going to give yourself guardrails and say, this is, this is the roads I'm going to drive yeah. on. Where am I going to end up? 
that's what we're allowing scripture to do. So we're going to, that's where the uh, normal grammatical, historical, literal interpretation of scripture is going to be, which does include figurative language. We are going to allow scripture to interpret scripture. So we're going to say, Hey, is this anywhere else? Or, you know, and that's why, um, again, that's my struggle sometimes just being strictly verse by verse. We're going to allow scripture as a whole to lead and guide us and say, okay, these are the, the few basic, and I'm, I'm summarizing in 30 seconds, yeah, yeah. you know, a whole year class of, uh, Bible study and hermeneutics, where are we going to end up? And now when we get there, that's when we hold to this theological yeah. point and we say, well, how do you defend getting there? Because when I walk the, that narrow path of scripture, this is where I end up. Mm-hmm. I never knew I was going to be here. You know, it wasn't something that was taught to me. And then here, let me show you how you get there. It's like, let's walk this out. And that's kind of the fun part of, of scripture. And we joke about that, yeah. but I think it'd be really fun. So like, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the, I don't know if there's a reel or a meme or whatever it is. And it's like, somebody's like, I'm reading the Bible for the first time. And my favorite character, they just killed him. And I'm like, so sad, you know, four hours later, he's back, <laughs> I can, you know, where <laughs> like, hold on, wait a second, <laughs> Could you Look about, like a really yeah. good movie. That's how it, it should lead us like that. And it's like, oh man, they just killed Jesus. Like what, why we, I, we would be in the same position as the disciples yeah. walking on the road to Emmaus thinking all is lost and not, what is going on here. And all of a sudden the tombs, what do you mean? The tombs empty? Yeah. I would have ran in. I would have doubted too. You know, like, or even go later into the story as the early church. Oh, they got Peter, man. He was, he was the leader. He was the one that if anybody was going to win the fight, Peter was going to win the fight. Now he's in jail. They've already killed James. He's going to be next. And what's going on? And it's like, knock, knock, knock. It's like Peter's at the door. Yeah, it's his spirit. Like they went went super mystical to try to answer that instead of the real, like, now our God's powerful enough that he pulled Peter out of the jail. We still have to ask a question, Mm. but why didn't he do that with James? Mm. Why did he allow James to be killed, but he redeems Peter out of the prison? And it's like, oh, those are just... I don't want to answer that. Yeah, I don't want to I I sit in that. But when you just allow Scripture to lead and guide us, we get to the end of the story, and it's like, this is my understanding of God. Yeah. And that's where I say, I know I'm not going to stand and have to endure the tribulation. I know where I'm going to be. You know, if it's, if it's my death that takes me um, to heaven, or if it's going to be a rapture that takes me to heaven, I know that I am not going to endure the wrath of God. Because as I walk through all of Scripture and and understanding the character of God, it's just like, I just don't see it. Yeah. And, and again, one of the things I loved about my seminary is you had to defend and critique every position and, and like a good detective. And you look at all the evidence in its context, it's, it, for me, it's just not there. Yeah. You know, and so... That's my. I don't. I, did did that answer? No, no. That's no, no. That it's, you had even. No, that's exactly. Today Actually, we I want had, to talk about your favorite pizza topping. I don't know why you're talking about no, Revelation. Uh, on a completely uh, related but unserious note, I don't want to die. I want to be raptured. Mm. Like you heard my joke, right? Yes. I'm gonna. I'm gonna die the day after the rapture. <laughs> I fully believe that. You're like I'm gonna. But and here's the two cool things. I'm gonna be there before all of you. Yep. Day before the rapture. Yeah, the day before. Yeah. You said day after. I'm oh, like, sorry, that didn't yeah. work. Yeah, you guys are going to show up the day after. Yeah. Um, and and I'll get to be able to say I died for Christ, but God had to rapture you. No, it's easy. That's so Could you just imagine right you're like there. your everyday, like you're yeah. living your everyday and life. And then, oh, yeah. 
like that it so that's a great question you know when we talk about even death itself like we understand it on this side of glory like we we see this alive living body which is you know kind of very uh, real to us just coming mm -hmm. from a funeral we see this very real living body and at some point it's like there's like uh, atheist agnostic believer muslim buddhist whatever like you can look everybody. at everybody you look at a live body and then you see the life fade there's something innate in us to know there's no life in that body what is that yep and where is that person because then it comes very personal to us knowing that's going to be me you know and so it's like where where do i go what does this look like what's that transition and and what's crazy is those are so important questions to us mm -hmm but not to the Lord. Because if they were so important to him, he would have talked about it yeah. so much more. He, re like it, death and the transition side of it is almost like a side note. Oh yeah, you're gonna die real quick physically, but let's talk about- What happens afterwards. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about spiritual death and spiritual life. Let's talk about, and, and on that side of glory, and even on this side of glory, there's far more written about who we are to be as apprentices of Jesus on earth, and we're, we're given more about what's gonna happen after glory than even just that little transition. Like, yep. the best I got, Paul says, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Yeah. So what's that look like? I'm gonna breathe my last breath here, and I'm just gonna breathe in his presence. Crazy. Like, I don't know, like, I don't know what else that's going to look like. And even to, to go a step further with that, like, when we look at what is talked about our life, it's like the descriptor of that is but a vapor. Yes. Like, when we look at scripture and it's like, oh, your life is but a vapor. Mm -hmm. Like, that, that's a powerful statement to think that, like, now... A vapor lord, like, really couldn't give me, like, a, a slight, <laughs> like, like, a heavy mist. Like, it's going to kind of go on a yeah. little bit and then dissipate. A thick dew. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> a heavy rain. I want my life to be a heavy rain. I'm not even asking for a tsunami. <laughs> I'm just like a, a good Irish sprinkle or something <laughs> here. But no, your life is but a vapor. Your life is but a mist. And it's here today, gone tomorrow, and there we go. But we, hey, let's talk heavily about what that mist is going to look like. Yeah. And, and I'm going to tell you a lot about what that mist is going to look like in my presence. Mm. And it's like... Yeah, Lord, how about we just talk about what I want to talk about? You that's know? nice that that's what you want to talk about. Here's what I yeah, want to talk yeah. about. Yeah, and, and think of like, you know, I, my kids are a little bit older, so we have a little bit more uh, rational conversations than maybe you have with yours. <laughs> your, your oldest is so, how old? Uh, she'll be three in September. So yeah, you're having chicken nugget conversations. <laughs> I'm having chicken nugget conversations with my wife. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't going to say it, but you so. did. Um, but, you know, watching... Um, I mean, even down to to Emmy and Ryan, we were talking about, hey, what do we want our funeral services to look like? <gasps> I'm glad you brought that up. And, Keep going. And and Ryan was like, I want mine to be a dance party. And, Dang it, Ryan! In in all honesty, she really means that. She's like, we it needs to be a joyous occasion because I know I'm going to be with Jesus, and I don't want anybody to be sad. And and if you're sad at a funeral, you're you're not guilty. Scripture says, and Pastor Sean is like, this is an anthem of it. Uh, we do not grieve as those who do not have hope. Doesn't say we don't grieve. Exactly, it mm -hmm. means we grieve, but we grieve with hope. You know, and so it, it we talk about that, and what I love about this having conversations with our kids there's times i have to look at them and say hey that's really not that big of a deal and we really don't need to talk about it. Yep. let's let it go let's talk about what really matters and so for me in this sense of yeah man's destined to die once mm -hmm. 
absent from body, present with the Lord. That's all the Lord, the Holy Spirit, speaking through the biblical authors. There's really not a whole lot given to that. Yeah. You know, even even Old Testament, Moses went up, buried with his fathers. What'd that look like? I don't know. Yeah, we're not going to tell you. What? I mean, that would be much crazier to yeah. think about. Like, you imagine you know, being Moses, God's like, hey, I need you to climb this mountain. Lord, I'll do anything for you. Yeah, because you're going to go up there and die. <laughs> Well, I I got to take the dog for a walk. I got to drop some stuff off. Does that have to be done to today? Store. Can yeah. I do that tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, like, do we have an e- what's the ETA on this <laughs> here? You know, but and and so almost in a sense, uh, uh, good biblical interpretation for us as we live our lives out. Yes, part A. What does the Bible say? Yeah. And number two, what does the Bible not say? Sometimes, like, and this is a music thing for me. I was learning to play guitar. Uh, the gentleman that. It was probably the most influential. He was a, a blind black blues player. Let's go. It was so great, right? So 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 to talk about like, oh, look at the fretboard. Like, I'm blind. I yeah. can't see it. You got to go by feel. You gotta, you know. But he always taught me that it's not how many notes that you can fit in there. Sometimes the greatest thing that you can do is when you don't play. Mm. And so in the same sense, some of the greatest things of our theology is when the Lord says, yeah, don't worry about that which is really hard for us because I think death is like the number two fear that we have as a humanity, public speaking being the number one, which (laughs) cracks me up. I would rather die than public speak. (laughs) But you know, where, where the Bible's going to be fairly silent and not give us a whole lot on, we have to take that as a comfort from the Lord that hates him because he's so like, that's where that's where Paul can say, "Death, where is your victory? Where is your sting?" Mm. It's not that because our Lord conquered the grave, and so where the Bible doesn't give us a whole lot of understanding what that transition looks like. Now I'm far more interested on this side of glory, yeah. and I'm far more interested in you to have some hope and understanding of what that side of glory looks like. But that transition piece, if the Lord wasn't intentional to say about it, I just have to trust uh, that He's not going to do anything except for yeah. to be good. And it was a good thing. And that's where I just have to trust. It's like, okay, if he's saying, hey, I didn't say anything about it, and it's not that big of a deal, let's just keep. And that's where, so so play that out, you know, talk about theological implications. So when somebody focuses on what the Lord does say, you never see that person walk into the valley of death with fear, mm. but with joy and with confidence and with Because they know it's coming. They, yeah, and, they, and it's like, that's more what the Lord wants. Yes. So whatever that is, I know I'm going to be with Jesus. I know I'm going to be with him. And that's, that, that's where my hope rests right yeah. there. So it's like, you'll never have the confidence, uh, for death at the moment of death. You have confidence in that in a life that is lived out for mm. Jesus. Yeah. And then, then you get into the weirdness of Paul to say, to live as Christ and to die as gain. Mm. That that's not a modern churchism. That's something that we. Um, I'm getting spammed right now. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, I was what, like, is what, that what noise? is vibrating? Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's when when we w- that's where we get that confidence from. It's not from something that we read here in a verse that we hold to. It's a life that's lived out in faithful obedience to Christ. Yeah. That's where. Hey, I don't know what that transition is going to look like. Now, how the process is going to like? I have, I have certain ways that I, if the Lord was going to ask me, <laughs> how do you want this to go? Yeah. Be like, you know, I got thoughts. I got thoughts. I got ideas. You know, if you want to listen to them, I'll give them to you. But <laughs> exactly. No, that's good. So that's that. That's me. No, that's good. That's exactly where I want it to go. 
without having really? yeah like oh, without okay. having a, a, a without the prompt and the yeah prodding. like hey here's the prompt let's yeah. lob it up like so i mean I'm, I'm just cattle that you're prodding to get to walk in the direction that you want it to go you just know your role know your role <laughs> <laughs> i love it no it's good because there's not a person that hasn't thought about it yeah you know and i don't know if you do you remember the first time you realized death you know what i mean yeah. i was a kid I, I was, was too. I was it was real. probably like one of the first funerals where like being held at me. Eight. Eight. So probably in that, you in know, that, range. that child range where someone in my family, like where I attended a funeral. I'm assuming it's a family member, not yeah. a parent's friend. Yeah. You know, but like where, and we do it. Like Lund and I talked the whole way home about, yeah. you know, Lund said, you know, God forbid if something happened. I need to know because I will not be in a, a you know a, a frame of mind to process mm-hmm. through that. Like, w- what do you want? What are your wishes? Yep. You know, like it's crazy how we we walk away from those things almost like that because we don't. The same way, same oh my way. Gosh, like, and I like I, I'm right with Ryan. Like I told London, I said there there's some there's some aspects of my, of my service funeral, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. I said I don't really even want to be called. A funeral, yeah. like I beat that into somebody's head. I don't want it to be called a funeral. I'll okay. call it celebration of life. I don't care. Think of the church we went to. They don't call them funerals. They don't call them funerals. It's a celebration of life. It's all about life. And if and that's where our theology, life before death and life after death. Exactly. So yeah. No, and, and then the conversations I have with my wife, and when I talk about like, hey, this is what yeah. I want, like, let it be song. She's like, what do you care? You're not going to be here. Like woman. <laughs> Well, it's funny because so I have how to look L- at my kids and say, "This is what I want for my service." Because if it's my wife, she's like, "No, I'm gonna tell you what I want." That's how my that's how London framed it. She's like, "Hey, like, what would you want?" Like, we had a really serious, like, "What do we do with the girls?" Like, who's it? Mm-hmm. And then it was like, wh- "Like, is there something?" And she's like, "Not that it matters to you. You're gonna be dead gone." But you know, she's like, "The funeral's not for you. It's for everybody else." And mm-hmm. it's like, I want it to be a party. Yeah. Like, and Absolutely. I oh, okay, real transparent moment. Yeah, uh, yeah. This makes me less of a Christian and a pastor because that's the one thing <laughs> I bring is. to the the Get breakdown. Ready to watch the the yeah. drop of identity here. I honestly, I struggled growing up with the evangelistic aspect at funerals. Yeah, it it ticked me off. It frustrated me. Like this is not the place to talk. And I went, like I was sitting yesterday. Yeah, and just went super like. Walk out of a uh, Sunday church service where you expect to be should be convicted. Mm-hmm. Walk out of a podcast where you choose to listen to be convicted. Walk into a place where you're, you're expecting you're, that's you're you're going to love on and 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 provide encouragement for someone whose life is vastly different mm-hmm. now. Um, and to sit and just have the Lord just rake you over the coals as I'm sitting there going, there is nothing more that I want at my funeral than for the gospel presentation to be given. Mm -hmm. Because if that's the moment that someone's sitting there questioning their life and their motives and their intentions, why not give them the hope of like, if, if I truly do believe that my life is done and over with, that I am present before the Lord, like, I want anyone and everyone else to be able to experience yeah. that. And so it was weird getting in the car. You know, Lynn and I are having this conversation. And I'm just in my head thinking, that was the last thing I expected. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing that I'll expect. And like, I don't care. I don't care what music you play. I don't care if you show. It's not for me. It's, you guys do whatever you want to. 
this is my one yeah. last will and testament. Yep. The gospel will be presented. Mm -hmm. And if that's the, the, what the whole service is, let's go. Mm -hmm. Why not? Amen. My So kids ask, you know, hey, what songs do you want? And I said, well, I said, are you, are you going to cremate me or are you going to like bury me in a casket? Because it makes a difference. It makes a difference. I said, okay, let's go with casket. And I said, jack in the box. <laughs> I knew it. You know, could you imagine into the forget end of that? the that up. nice uh, funeral <laughs> music walking in like that's the music and and so obviously in ministry you know we've walked into funerals where it's hard mm -hmm. because that's never yeah it's like and I and I love the line it sounds funny but a little bit but I love the line like live in a way that the pastor doesn't have to lie at your funeral. Mm. And I think one of the greatest things that we heard yesterday in that one was just the reality of who that person was, but also that they had a faith in the Lord. Yeah. You know, we're not going to sugarcoat it. And, you know, and there, you could hear the chuckle. So you, you have never met that individual. No, but no. You, you but I got have, a good picture exactly. of his life. Just a normal yep. person. You know, so, so I've been to some of those and um, I think the worst one, and I was sitting and I, even though I was in ministry and this person was, I'd met him a couple times. Mm -hmm. They were, they were dating a student in my mm -hmm. youth group and ended up taking his own life. Mm. And they had the service at our church. So I'm there to support my students that yep. know this, that knew this individual and, and an individual gets up and he reads some kind of little poem thing. And it's like, understand your context. Mm -hmm. This is this was a young man that took his own life. And the poem thing talked about how God needed another angel in heaven. Mm. And it's like, you mm. just told everybody yeah. that pretty much God made this individual take their life because he needed like one more angel. Like so many theological things yeah. wrong with that. You know, so you have things like that. Then you have, you know, you look at this individual and it's like, oh, they're in a better place. Rest in peace. And you have to ask a question, are they? Yeah. Are they really? You know, and that's the, that is hard. And it's we, tension. and, and I've been in those and I've, I've said it and I've, uh, heard it. Like sometimes it is hard to artic articulate perfectly a person's heart. Mm. We, we don't know fully. Yeah. And but in that, there is still opportunity and time for you that you can know fully. Yeah. And that's what I appreciate about last week or yesterday, last week, um, the pastor who I'm, I'm, we've you've met multiple yeah, yeah. times. Yeah, yeah. I'm close with, um, you know, he talked about heaven and he said it in such a great way. He talked about heaven and everybody wants to go to heaven. Some people just don't know the way, mm. but the way the truth and the life, the way is Jesus. Those are really good line. Yeah. And I was like, that is good. Cause when you talk about the concept of heaven, like if you were going to go out on the streets and interview people like, Hey, like, uh, heaven, do you want to, you know, I'm sure you're going to have some of the strong, Oh, there is no heaven. And yeah. okay. But for the general normal, like, yeah, I want to go to heaven. I want to be like, okay, how do you get there? Uh, you know, that's where you might yeah. have a difference of it. And, but it, it was said in such a very grace filled way where it's like, Hey, uh, you definitely want to go to heaven. A lot of people don't know the way, but thankfully, like we have an opportunity to share who mm, that way is, yeah. you know? And, and so that was, 
I think it's always good to be reflective of, of life, of death, of eternal life, um, and keeping our, our heavenly focus, but not so much that we're, what's the line that we're no earthly good. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's a sobering thought that, you know, to process, to walk through, um, but also to see, and this is, so even before this funeral, one of the things I've, this is like a longstanding thing. This is so crazy of yeah. me. Okay. So here's my transparent moment. You know, as, as believers, as apprentices of Jesus, we want our lives to be lived out to the glory of God. Nobody would say, Nick, you need to rethink that. Yeah. But I also want my death. Mm, yep. I also want my death to be for the glory of God. And I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what it looks like for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I want to be a worship service. Because I, well, not even just the, not just the service. But the, the mm, instance okay. of my death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what's that going to look like, and how can that bring glory unto the Lord? And I joke, and I've said this multiple times uh, from the stage. You know, no, I already know. No, yes, absolutely I'm not. It. I'm saying it. So we're gonna, you're gonna stand before the Lord. I'm gonna be there, and there's gonna be like Peter and Paul, and Peter's gonna be like, I was crucified upside down because I didn't find myself worthy to be crucified in the like manner of my Savior. Wow, that's amazing, Peter. And then Paul said, yeah, I was beaten, stoned multiple times. I was, you know, and then they beheaded me because of my faith in Jesus. Nick, what about you? Cheeseburgers. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that's that's what took me out. Gluttony. That's what <laughs> took me out. You know, it's like I, mm, this is going to be hard. I, we say, oh, there's no shame and guilt. And I don't want to stand ashamed mm. before the Lord. But I don't know what that looks like. And it doesn't have to be that you're martyred for your faith. Because a martyr, and this is my this is my this is a little personal study of mine that I've been doing recently. A martyr isn't someone who has died for the Lord. The word martyr literally just means witness. We only attach it to those who have been killed for their faith because that was such a commonality. Mm. But when you look at the New Testament word for witness, that's where we derive martyr from. Mm. But that's not the, 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 a martyr is someone who has lived in obedience to Jesus. A martyr is someone who has lived as a witness. It does so happens that so many people that lived as a witness to Jesus Christ died and were killed for their faith. Mm. And it's like, so, so thinking through like, okay, how, even in my life, I don't want to be ashamed and living obedience for Christ. But even in my death, what would that look like? How could even in that moment? you know, bring glory unto the Lord, encouragement to the church, glory to the Lord. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. Going out while preaching on a Sunday morning, that's yeah. not encouragement to the body. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> you know, somebody's done that. I know. Was it, uh, I know Francis Chan was telling a story once about that, that uh, there was an individual who was like a key leader, so much to the point that they would like lead in uh, funeral services. So they're doing a funeral service, preaches the gospel, sits down, dies right there. Right there. Now I'm okay with that. Like if you could sit down, but if you're going to town like on the drop, stage and you just drop, like that might be catastrophic. That for was people the lady audience. that raised my mom. Really? Yeah, she was a Pentecostal preacher, and she was preaching, and literally passed out at the pulpit, and pretty much died right there. Let's go. Yeah, had like I I believe what it was was there was some kind of aneurysm, and, and blood just started just going and oh. just fall back from the pulpit is is the story i've heard so like obviously it wasn't there <laughs> but don't quote me on it but that is the stories that let's I've heard. go and i remember francis chan he was talking about like i had to go and, and meet with this family and there was this this grief but also this like 
joy. Your joy. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, with it, it's like your loved one was proclaiming Christ. And then he was standing before him. And then he was standing before him in the next That's breath. That's awesome. That would be, there it is right there. So every oh, Sunday, just be ready. Lord, if this is how you want me to go. Now, I know most of you would probably be like, after third service, Lord. <laughs> like, don't do it second Sitting service. Sitting down as you're <laughs> praying, like something, like, oh, gosh. Oh, uh, you, you look over it and like Andy's playing worship and he's ready for me to Next come just, up. And I'm just like past that. Like, look at him in just in a deep trance of worship the right there. And, he has not. Oh, moved. he fell prostrate on his face before the throne. And he's kind of white. Somebody go, he, he's looking a little ashy. Can somebody go check on him? Get a pulse on that guy. What is going on? See, this is the demented. Like you have a this sick sense of humor. This is where we like, need help. Amen. Well, you we stayed this time. long. Thanks for uh, listening to yes. our our crazy dementedness. But uh, no, seriously, thanks for listening to another episode of the podcast. Episode twelve, we'll uh, wrap it up uh, next week. We dive into five. Let's um, go. Starting to get a little crazier. Uh, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. We're gonna blow the gasket off this thing. <laughs> so uh, we'll be back same time next week with uh, episode 13. thirteen. So Baker's dozen. Baker's dozen. Have a great week.